didn't start the fire. It was always burning till the day, 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 day. I don't remember the rest of the lyrics. This is take 194. We are talking Vengeance, BJ Novak's um, first film that he's directed and a theatrical release written as well. Um, and that is an office callback with starting the fire at the toast. <laughs> I, was uh, I was like, what a strange yeah. way to open it. But I, you yeah. know, every opening's a little weird. You got to click. We clicked it. Does that make sense? Yep. Perfect. I love it. Uh, we're going to do the normal rundown. Good to be back. Fave trailer. Fave thing we watch. We'll get into our vengeance review. Uh, we'll talk about some favorite podcasts, some uh, fave up and coming directors. And then we're going to plug in some of our favorite burger joints because there is a great Whataburger um, sequence scene in vengeance. Might have been the best part of the whole movie. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, Keeks, dude, how, how has summer been? Because it is over. It is August 1st today. Oh, yeah. I, 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 you know, I've, I spent this whole summer thinking, you know what? I'll have time to, you know, I've got plenty of time to like work on my curriculum and get ready for school. And um, now, now I'm having anxiety-induced nightmares that I'm missing the first day of school. So I think I might have procrastinated maybe a little bit too long. Like I've done stuff, but you know, the, there's there's still quite a bit that I think I need to work on. I've just never done this before, so I don't know if this takes uh four weeks to do or if this takes like four days to do. So yeah, just just really just really doing our best. Procrastination. I had a, had a nightmare last night that I forgot the name of the school I was going to. And um, uh, yeah, uh, I, I missed the first day of school because I forgot the name. So that's Ugh. really good. You know, it was like a common nightmare for me was mm -hmm. where I forgot my locker combo, my my locker combo. And then like I was late for for a class. Yeah, like that was like a constant, like reoccurring dream when I was in school, like. I was going to miss a test and I needed the textbook and I couldn't remember my locker combo. And like, yeah. Have, okay. you, have you ever had anything like that? Uh, basically for two years after graduating college, I always had a nightmare that like I showed up to a class that I didn't go to a single day of and I had to take the final. I needed a hundred percent to pass. Oh, that's disgusting. And every single time it felt real. And I would literally wake up like super anxious and slowly realize I already graduated college. Not well. Like, uh, you know, I'm not a stellar uh, collegiate um, attendee, but uh, I did do it. I did graduate. So that's what all I needed. Dude, procrastination is procrastination is a real thing. I have been doing it all summer. I have two classes this summer I've been taking. Um, they end next Sunday. Like that's the deadline when it all wraps up. Mm -hmm. And I'm just done. I am like just coasting. I'm like ready to be done. Wait, isn't that the opposite of procrastination? So you've done everything. You're just no, no. Like there's still <laughs> some, there's still some things due. I'm just like literally waiting on like the last day, like every Sunday there's th and Wednesday there's things due. And I literally like wait the day of to do them. Yeah. Don't so, we all, but I, I'm passing the class. I'm doing well in it, but I, I just minimal effort has been there and it's been present. And... At the end of the day, at, I think that's okay. Just cross the finish line. That's all you got to do. Got to do sometimes, it. That's all you need. Sometimes you just got to cross it. Sometimes you want to do a record. That's great. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So summer is coming to an end, folks. It 
came and went. I think this has been one of the fastest summers. I feel like you say that every summer, but this one particularly. Also one of the best summers. Been a great summer. It's been a blast. Been a very good summer. Some good movies. Yeah. Um, It's been good and bad. Yeah. We've had some of the worst movies this summer and some of the best. Dude, I kind of want to go see DC League of Super Pets. I did you watch the Chris Stuckman uh, review? I haven't you? watched it yet, but I saw that he posted a video and he's just like smiling in the thumbnail. I'm I am also curious about it as well. Yeah, it might be like one of. Yeah, I don't know when I would watch it, but it looks like a good time. Anyways, um, let's do it. Let's get into fave trailer. Um, mine was Oppenheimer. That was more of a teaser. Mm-hmm. very quick i can't think of any other trailers however i do have another trailer i want to talk about but open album looks good that is in a year so that was quite the teaser yeah whole months so but i'm excited i'm this i think this is like kind of a return to form with christopher nolan i hope because i i didn't love tenant <laughs> now that it's marinated it after like two years I'm gonna be honest, like I am like intimidated about rewatching Tenet. And when I think about Tenet, I feel really dumb. Um, there were, don't get me wrong, I love some action sequences in Tenet, but uh, I wanna rewatch Dunkirk because those are the two most recent movies that Nolan has done. And um, I love, I like Dunkirk, but I wanna rewatch it. Didn't really care for Tenet. So Oppenheimer, I'm really excited for. Looks like a fun cast. Now, anything you wanna add? Uh, we were so starved for new movies and new epic movies that I think, you know, there's there's a bit of rose-colored glasses for that uh, Tenet review. I think at least from my end. I'm sticking to my guns on my grade. I think I gave it an A-. minus. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Kind of rough. Yeah. And, it, I mean, I'll, I'll give it, like, hats off. It came out in 2020. I am still blown away that the New Mutants released their movie in 2020 in theaters i was looking at some movies that i watched in 2020 and i was kind of shocked at like some movies that came out i will never get over the fact that new mutants got delayed like three years and eventually came out in the wake of a pandemic like you can't you can't make that stuff up (laughs) no you can't no you can't funny okay uh my favorite trailer which you guys talked about last week which i was not on this that take Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever, looks very good. Looks mm-hmm. really cool. I think I think Phase 4 definitely needs this. I think they're going with that KO to wrap up Phase 4 and get us excited for Phase 5. Now, um, Aquaman, 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 LOL, Namor. Oh, fun fact. Namor actually uh, was released two years before Aquaman. Predates, was. yeah. Now, there's a lot of other DC comics that were released before Marvel um, released there. So Marvel has actually adapted and kind of, quote unquote, copied a lot of DC, like um, Hawkeye, Arrow came out way before Hawkeye did. Uh, But Namor, I was actually kind of shocked that Namor came, was released before um, Aquaman. One of my favorites is DC has their version of Spider-Man. Um. I believe his name is Black Spider, and essentially he was a drug addict who um, turns into like, yeah, Black Spider, mm-hmm. Black Spider, and uh, a small time crook who is addicted to heroin, 
Eric was the first sentence to prison after mugging and nearly killing an elderly woman. But as a minor, he was out in three years. Over the next two years, Eric married his friend Linda Morell. They had a son, Michael. Desperate and blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, he's so he's not even he's not even really like has spider powers. He's more like a Batman, but bad kind of. Oh, interesting. Yeah, not a super interesting character, in my opinion, but that would be their alternate version of Spider-Man. Oh, which came out first? Spider-Man, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh okay. I was about to say, uh-huh. I, I would be hard. I'd be really a disbelief that that Black Spider came out before Spider-Man. Uh-uh. But you never know. Uh, okay, Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever. I'm hyped. That trailer got me hyped. Need it. Um, need, yep, needed it. And I, feel, I think Marvel is just like, yep, here we go. Uh, yeah, Namor looks really cool. It looks kind of like Aztec-y. Is it Atlantis? Is that going to be involved? Yeah, so I think it's like Mayan Aztec influence. Very oh, cool. Okay. Very, very cool. Yes, yeah. I don't think I don't think the comic adaptation would look that great on screen. I like that they're going with the Mayan Aztec look. I think that's very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I sent you a theory that I want to talk about over the pod, and that is Doctor Doom will make a cameo in Wakanda Forever. Okay. And, and why it, do you think this? Why do you think this? So he is attacking uh, Wakanda for some vibranium, and okay. and I think he is. I think he's playing chess. I think he's pulling a, a Zemo. Is that his name from Civil War, yep. right? Mm-hmm. I think he's pulling a chess move where he is having Wakanda and Atlantis fight each other, and he's the one that's framing it and pulling the strings. So I think Doom is going to be behind all of it. And I hope so because Marvel needs this. They need a big baddie and introducing Doom and then with Kang for five for, for having Doom and Kang kind of in the shadows for these next few phases, I think would be a ton of fun. I I need Doctor Doom to to be the bad guy of like two to three phases. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would love to see like a Kang. There, I think there is a comic with Kang and Doom like teaming up for Secret Wars. If I'm, if, if I I'm think that is Kang and Doctor Doom. Uh, let's see. Oh, also, I believe Kang is Reed Richards. Like he's related to Reed Richards in certain versions yeah. of the comics as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't. I, off the top of my head, I can't see exactly. Um. What their involvement is, but I was just watching something about Secret Wars, and I feel like they talked about Kang and Doctor Doom. Yeah, me too. I was like some YouTube video a couple months ago. So I hope Dr. Doom is in it. If not, a little bit of a bummer. I think he'll he'll show up eventually, obviously, with the Fantastic yes. Force coming mm-hmm. out. But I agree. I think Doom needs to be in like two to three phases of like the big bad villain. And I, okay. I would love if he has like a just a two-minute cameo in Wakanda Forever and he was actually the one pulling the strings. So I just thought of this. I just thought of this. We just got a fantastic, a Mr. Fantastic cameo in uh, Doctor Strange. The next cameo that we had kind of is it's been revealed that Kamala Khan is a mutant, which the creator of Ms. Marvel wanted her to be a mutant initially. If we have, if rumors suits it, apparently this is a rumor. It is not confirmed. Apparently the thing is going to make an appearance in She-Hulk which means Wakanda Forever, we're going to get... 
I think slowly in these next movies, we're going to be introduced to either an X-Men theory or Fantastic Four. So I would not be surprised if we get our Sonny Sonny Storm, Johnny Storm uh, casting and cameo. Gosh, and maybe Ant-Man or you could see a Sue Storm cameo in Ant-Man. And then uh, Johnny Storm, by the end of next year, we will have our Fantastic Four and we are going to have like a base to the X-Men to be able to carry us in phase six. I hope so. I, hope I so. think so. I think so. I, hope so. It all out. I feel like phase four has been like, let's test the waters. Let's introduce a lot of characters. Let's get things rolling, which mm-hmm. I don't think is land landed as good. Um, and we've, we've, we've beat this horse to a pulp here, but you know, I think it'll pick up. I think yep. it'll pick up. Did you like the Comic-Con I, announcements overall? What were your I, thoughts? I did. I did. No, no way. There's two Avengers released in the same year. That will be adjusted. I have seen a lot of memes with the VFX artists <laughs> and they are hilarious. And my, yeah, I am like, man, good luck. You VFX artists, you guys are the real MVPs. Um, there's an amazing, there's a very good documentary about the VFX industry, uh, specifically highlighting, um, the VFX studio that helped do the life of Pi. documentary is called the Li- life after Pi. It's like 35 minutes long. And it talks about how, when they won their Academy award, the studio was bankrupt because of how contracts for VFX artists are uh, structured in the industry. They do not get paid by the hour. They get paid in one lump sum. So which means if they have to come back and ask for more reshoots, they don't get more money for that. Um, they're overworked and underpaid. And uh, Marvel is a huge uh, perpetrator of um, low wages and a high demand. So I hope that all of these VFX artists um, stand their ground and they're able to um, get what they get the compensation compensation that they deserve and really make Marvel um, hurt for this. If it means you have to delay and only do like two to three Marvel movies and shows a year, uh, that is very fine because we've seen yeah. there's been a lot of stuff lately. It's been too rushed. It does not look good. And um, it really ruins the vibe of the movie or TV show. So uh, yeah. Moon Knight is a huge example of this. Some of those VFX were doo doo. Yeah. Doo doo. Yeah. Absolutely. There you go. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. my thoughts. Amen. Amen. Couldn't couldn't agree more. But I'm excited for the next couple phases. And I I don't think there's any way that two Avengers movies are released within six months of each other. I think that's gonna be to a year. And the Matrix did it. Out. Don't forget, the that's Matrix true. did it. That's true. They did do it. But we're not gonna we're not gonna look at uh what people thought of those movies, but they did do it. Yeah. Uh okay, faith thing we watched. Okay, so um me and uh Spencer Davis and Tim Lee that were on last take, and our buddy Nick, who's been on the show before. Um, we have a group chat we've talked about called Fun Movie Club, and we just had an idea this week of each of us picks five movies. Four movies we've never seen that we've been dying to see and one terrible movie that we've heard of that we would never want to see except for now. So we submitted all of our ideas. We put them into a wheel. We love the wheel. And our first pick was the Star Wars Holiday Special. TC, have you ever seen the Star Wars Holiday Special? I haven't. No. It is unbearable. I gave it one and a half stars on Letterboxd. I think I was being too kind to it. It is 
truly one of the most painful experiences of a film I've ever had to watch. They tried to make something an hour and a half long that should really only have been like 35 minutes long. The amount of filler in this is uh, insane. There's more filler in this than in uh, Kylie Jenner's face. Oh, ouch. Yep. It is way more filler. That's a lot of filler. It's one hour and 37 minutes long. Yes. Is 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 luke skywalker c-3po and uh princess leia do they have like prominent roles they are all in it with like decent roles the main plot revolves around chewbacca's family chewbacca is trying to get back to his family to celebrate life day which is basically wookie christmas and it's it is it's insane me and becky watched it watched half of it and we were like oh we got to go to bed and then the next day, Becky had to go to the hospital to help my brother-in-law with some with stuff. And um, she was like, I don't want you to I don't want you to finish it until I get home. So I had to sit at home on Thursday thinking, I need to finish this. I cannot keep waiting. And um, it's like a D D minus spoiled. Ah, spoiled. Yeah, spoiled. It truly is is not it's worth your time if you need to check off the box that you've seen the holiday special. Other than that, it is not. Yeesh. But I'd love to know people's thoughts on it when it first came out. One day I'll watch it, and I don't know when that day will be, but not rushing to it. I didn't know that, like, Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford are in this movie, like, prominent roles, like, good screen time. There's an animated short where uh, it's the first time you see Boba Fett. That's his first introduction was in the uh, Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh, interesting. Yep. It's actually really cool. It's kind of uncanny valley but it's the cartoon is actually pretty cool okay explain to me uncanny valley i've heard that so many times give me the proper definition it's more of a vibe i don't know if i could give you a definition it's just more of like you look at something and your brain recognizes it as being unnatural even though it's trying to be natural oh okay gotcha Uncanny gotcha. Valley. Let's just, I'll just give you the definition real quick. Yeah. Common unsettling feeling people experience when androids and audiovisual simulations closely resemble humans in many respects, but are not quite convincingly realistic. So maybe it doesn't work for it. I use this as like a pretty broad statement, but it, it, you'll, you'll know what I mean when you watch the cartoon. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like, um, and in, in, in Rogue One with Tarkin being CGI, that's Uncanny Valley. Yes, and Leia. You look in it and you're like, that was someone, but it's not quite not. real. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Because yep. I've heard that term before. Now it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Add, that, add that to your disclosure document. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Star Wars, the Clone Wars, the movie? No, I haven't. Okay. A lot it's of the like, Clone Wars like, stuff I've watched some of, but I just haven't watched all of it. It feels like something I've added to the list of things to watch with my kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, Lost. Just, I'm sure I'll watch Lost when my kids are like, I've heard Lost is really good. Can we watch it? Uh, like, yeah, I've please, never seen it. Please do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Watch Lost. Uh, I love it. What What are your four <laughs> movies that you really want to watch that you've never seen? Uh I think I put Godfather Part 2 on there just because I still have... No, 2001 A Space Odyssey is one of them. Oh my gosh, um, dude. I Okay, let me let me confess here. I have started like 2001 A Space Odyssey like three times. And each time I'm like 20, 30 minutes in, I'm like... And something comes up where I'm just like, 
uh, I'd rather play Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's pretty I long. Cannot, I cannot. I will finish that movie one day, and I will probably give it like a D spoil just because I'm like, it took me five times to start this movie. It took me and I know seven it's like years acclaimed. to watch it. No, it's like acclaimed as an amazing movie. So yeah, I'll come around. Um, the conversation. Gene Hackman, Le oh, Samurai, yeah. which is like a French neo-noir film, Escape from New York, because I was like, I want to have a little bit of fun. So John Carpenter, uh, um, Keith Russell, or whatever his name is. Keith Russell. Okay. No, Russell, something Russell. You know what I'm talking about. Russell, um, Escape from New York? Like, that's the... It's like the game, right? It's, yeah, it's a movie. It's the inspiration for Snake Plissken from uh, the Metal Gear Solid movies. Yeah, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, not Keith Russell. Gosh, everyone yelling at me for not getting it right. Um, and then I chose as my movie I'd never want to watch, but now we're going to watch it, is The Hottie and the Naughty with Paris Hilton in the lead. Oh, gosh. Yeah, really excited. Really, really excited. Oh, my gosh. So we've got some good ones in there. That is a great lineup. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, the meta score for Hottie and the Naughty is a seven. It is a <laughs> 1.9 on IMDb right now. I think it's like top 20 in the lowest rated films on Letterboxd. I just kind of went to the lowest rated films on Letterboxd and was like, okay, what's something I'd be interested to watch? Amazing. Yep, and that's how I did it. Uh, what was your favorite thing you watched? Uh, my favorite thing that I watched was um, two things. The first one was Nope. Went and watched Nope with you and Becky and shout out Jack. That was a blast. Mm-hmm. Uh, nope was a fantastic movie. I know you guys talked about it last week. I didn't even listen to your review because I didn't want to go in with any thoughts. Yes. About, I, I saw, I read a little bit of reviews on Letterboxd, but I loved it. I thought it was a blast. It's a great entry level scare. Good tension. Just, just a fun like extraterrestrial mm-hmm. watch, which I love alien movies. I think they're a ton of fun. Makes me really want to watch. Oh, um, yeah. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which is on our sweet will of film. So, oh, one day. Uh, a fun little theory I have is that Nope is a spiritual sequel to The Thing. Keith David, Kurt Russell survive at the end. And maybe Keith David was actually, you know, like, like invaded by The Thing. And it just slowly lives in him as he goes back home to California to live with his family and start his family. And as it matures, it leaves and forms into that new UFO. Do you remember how there's that UFO crash in the thing? I have not seen the thing. That's where it comes from. You have not seen the thing? Nope. I shoot. Okay. Well, I just assumed you'd seen the thing. Now I got to watch it. Yeah, you do. You will love the thing. I will like it. Okay. Oh, it's it's totally your wheelhouse. It will. I'm going to mark it down right now. If you watch it, it will be your top five favorite new watches of 2022. Okay. The thing and uh, we, I need to rewatch Get Out. Those are like the Halloween watches this year. Yes. Maybe we review the thing this Halloween. That'd be fun. Or Trick or Sweet. Okay. I, or yeah, Geese Bumps like too. Geese Bumps. <laughs> uh, oh, that's a fun theory though. Yeah, it's my dumb little theory that I thought of. of you, you'll, you know what it is once you see the thing. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I thought Nope was a blast. I thought it was super fun. So I'd give it an A minus slash sweet, I think. A or sweet. I think A sweet. Yeah, is what I gave it. Yeah, you yeah. gave it like four and a half stars. That's pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was a blast. It's my number three. It's my third favorite movie of the year so far. And then um, last night we watched Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, which 
is just, it's a tender watch. It has some good dry humor, some good dark comedy. I thought it was a lot of fun, uh, good laughs, and um, just kind of a tender ending. So I liked it. I'd probably give that one a minus sweet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I commented on your letterbox. I have that on Blu-ray. If you ever want to watch it that. again. I saw that. When did you watch it for the first time? Gosh, I bought that probably eight years ago, nine years ago. Yeah, I think it's just kind of a quirky film. It kind of has like, I, I, I found it through IMDb of suggested films under like Captain Fantastic and Juno. And I was like, oh, okay. And it kind yeah, of so has- it was 2015 it came out. Ooh, Johnny B's in it. Johnny B is in it. He has a good little, he has a good little role. It's kind of fun. Yeah. So there you have it. It's my Perfect. favorite things we watched. All right. Is it time? Time. Let's do that. I'm very excited. Okay. We're talking about Vengeance, which is written and directed by BJ Novak. And it stars BJ Novak as a writer for like the New York Times, just a writer in New York. The New Yorker. The New Yorker. Corrected you. And he gets a call about from him, from this girl's brother who he hooked up with a couple times that she has been killed or that she died. So he goes out there to Texas and meets the family and begins to investigate if this death was an overdose or if it was a murder or things like that. And things begin to unfold while he's there. So anything you'd like to add to that? No, it's great. Yeah. And to start a podcast. So very cool to feel uh, represented there. Yeah. Um, what do you think about vengeance, Keeks? Give me the give me the nitty gritty here. Um, I think it's a solid directorial debut. I think there's a lot of good things to like in here. I think there's a lot of things that, um, honestly, in pre-production could have been tightened up a little bit. Specifically, casting. I think a lot of the casting in this is is a uh, bizarre. Like B.J. Novak in the lead role, he's I think he's 43, and he's playing a character that's probably 35. And it's just not convincing. Like it's, I saw someone said, uh, it's a uh, BJ Novak's, um, dear Evan Hansen, okay. Oh it looks way too old to be in the movie that he's in. And I kind of agree. Ashton Kutcher in his role, just kind of bizarre. Maybe it's just cause I haven't seen him in a lot of stuff lately. It didn't feel very good. And then there was one, Oh, uh, Issa Rae's character. I think there's like this whole, he's trying to get his podcast circulated through this big podcasting network. And I would have liked it had he just been like doing it himself. Like he's already a reporter. He knows how to report things. So, Oh, I'm going to do this to like find some sort of meaning in his life as well. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think, Solid directorial debut. Um, I thought there were some good funny parts in it. I feel like the trailer definitely highlighted some of the funniest parts. I saw the trailer like three to four times um, just from <laughs> previews. Uh-huh. So uh, that was to my demise. Uh, and so that was a little bit of a bummer that they used a lot of the funny parts in the movie, in the trailer. Sure. And then and then I agree. I think, I think it would have been fun for him to be on an island by himself with producing his own podcast and not checking into New York, but just doing his own editing and his own um, discovery and journaling with the family, with what happened to um, Abilene, 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 Abilene. So yeah, that is, I, I agree with that. And also the casting. Yeah. Ashton Kutcher wasn't amazing. He felt pretty, 
I don't know. I think he should have been a little bit more charismatic. Uh, he just felt very dull. The best part of the movie, in my opinion, was Boyd Holbrook, the brother of Abilene. I thought he awesome. was a blast. Yep. I, I feel like he had a good time with the film and I, I thought he was a ton of fun. So honestly, if he was not in this movie, it would have been a little bit of a kind of a rough watch. With, it's like, funny. Personality and fun. It's so interesting how uh, casting is kind of the the highlight and also the kind of downfall of this movie like if you tighten up the casting a little bit if bj just stays in the background and maybe gets a few other people casted um the movie i think gets bumped up for me a little bit uh because the script is it's funny and it's pretty well shot um the ending is almost there's there's no like uh foretelling of it it just kind of happens it's kind of weird you get little hints but there's nothing that would actually show like that that's where the character would go in the end it felt like felt like it was a little out of the character yes it did I, I when i was when i was talking to kennedy afterwards i was like i feel like the ending was just a little out of character for that character yeah and yeah, then I let's agree. be real let's be real you knew who the murderer was like right from the get-go when they were introduced like right when you meet them it's like come on like how could you not know mm-hmm. you know so but I did like the other little twist that is revealed towards the end that I did not see coming. I thought that was fun. Yes, I thought that was good too. And I think a lot I of that humor... was the. I thought that was the best part of the twist was that twist at the end, like mm-hmm. involving the the phone. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think for the most part, like my grade is a B minus sweet. I do think that it's like a fun watch for someone to go watch. Like, I think it's an enjoyable film. There are just certain aspects of it that are a little sloppy that if they were, you know, grease up, kind of loosen up the hint, you know, tighten things up, bring it all together. And it'd be a lot better of an experience, I think. Yeah, I think I'd probably give it like a, I'd give it a B sweet. I think it's a good, just Mm -hmm. a buck and a half watch. Uh, I agree. Could have been tightened up, but if you go in just understanding it's his first time directing mm-hmm. and writing, I feel like he did a solid job and yeah, it's just like one of those watches where like, yeah, it was a good time. Could it be better? Mm-hmm. Sure. But there were some fun moments that were, that were good. But and you walked into the movie and you said, based on like you said, you're like, I just want to be entertained. How did you feel on that end? Uh, I feel like it, it hit probably like okay. eight out of 10 out of uh, like for my, I want to be entertained and just like have a good laugh. And sure. I feel like I, I feel like I left with that and it made me like talk about what do you think about this? What would you would have done with this? You know what I mean? It kind of had a lot of that and also mm-hmm. did have like a lot of commentary that was maybe a little bit kind of a smorgasbord of commentary. It's kind of like maybe pick a lane. So yeah, um, it's kind of funny how we had Nope that had quite a few themes, but they're executed well from like a writer director. And then we come over to this where it's like, OK, not executed nearly as well. But um, I think the next his like I'm excited for BJ Novak's next project. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I would. Yeah, be sweet. I think if you if you're a fan of BJ Novak, especially from The Office, because he has a lot of good episodes that he has written for The Office. Um, I think you'll have a good time with this. Mm-hmm. And you can nitpick it to death if you wanted to, but I think it's just a fun little buck and a half watch. I'd agree. So, yeah. Okay. That's great. Onward. That's, that's, you know, it is great. <laughs> Here's uh, so we're gonna, what do you want to talk about first? Do we want to do podcast directors or hamburgers first? 
Uh, let's do fade podcast. I have I have a handful of fade podcasts. That I okay, like what are what talk. are yours? I don't listen to a ton of podcasts, but when I do, um, I do listen to that's Ball Folks by our friend Josh Reynolds. Yes, our other friend Maddie Murphy, the Bad Broadcast. I do like listening to those; those are fun. We're excited um, for new episodes back. And you know, I like those too because it's like I know those people. And like, mm-hmm. I have, you know, a friendship with them. So it's really fun to hear them and, and, and support them as well. And so I think they're doing a fantastic job with those podcasts. Agreed. Um, what I really like to listen to is a podcast that it goes along with the show only murders in the building, which is called only murderers, only murders in the, in the pod. Um, it's, just fun it's, called? it's called only murders in the pod. Yeah. Huh? Okay. Because they they have like they, they get people on the sh- on the show to their podcast. They should have done only murders in the podcast because building is two syllables and so is podcast. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, who knows? I'm not but, a marketing director, so whatever. But I like listening to that because they have uh, Who Done It Summit where they there's two co-hosts and they open up um, a letter of who they think it was after each episode and they have people come on from the episode and writers. So it's just fun to hear a little behind the scenes. I think it makes the show even better. Having like a podcast along with it. I love part of my take. Part of my take is a lot of fun, especially when they have athletes that I like uh, come on and I like to hear uh, their interviews. I think those are, those are a blast. I love Mount Rushmore season, which is now. Oh, and I do like listening to Freakonomics. I don't know if you've listened to Freakonomics. I've never listened to that one. No, I've never listened to it. Yeah. They have good uh, conversations just about kind of what's going on in the world, especially like, um, more like studies and factual things. Okay. Um, if that makes sense, kind of like fun facts and interesting things happening. Um, and then lastly, I haven't listened to this for a couple of years. We were talking about this after we got out of vengeance was serial by Sarah Koenig. Koenig. Uh, the Anand first season is just, yeah. A, a, just such a good listen. Like if anybody is looking for a podcast, listen to that because you will pick a side and it, it does such a good job um, painting that story. Like I want to re-listen to it again. Mm-hmm. It's so. super. I, I had a really good time. Me and Becky, while we were driving back from Arkansas to go see our little dog one last time, we listened to that. Um, I don't remember even remember what it's called. And then we watched, listen to one called a uh, shit town, which was very interesting. Um, it kind of dives off near the end, but it was still a good watch. Uh, I'm a huge Bill Simmons podcast guy. I love the Bill Simmons podcast. Um, so that's a really fun one to watch. He's taking like a five week break. So um, I'm very much looking forward to when he gets back. Uh, oh, the big picture is the ringers movie podcast that I always thought was very pretentious, but I've started getting into it a little bit more and, and I'm enjoying it. I, I think I've picked and chose some episodes. I like um, we explain movies. I have, you know, we we've got a good relationship with them, but I remember starting to listen to them maybe two years ago, three or two years ago, something like that. Oh yeah, and I really enjoy their format. Um, another one is Take Three, which is another one that like I coincidentally found. I think after like they'd followed us on Instagram, so we followed them back, and I listened. And they have an awesome format that I really like. They talk about a movie, and then they watch it and they discuss it, and then they give like all sorts of historical like context to it in BTS. So uh, we explain movies in Take Three. Um, good, good movie podcasts. I like that. And, uh, I, it's just, it's kind of weird. I go back and forth. Cold is a very interesting one. Um, it's about, uh, uh, that murder in Utah that happened. That's insane. And then to accompany Chernobyl, there is a podcast that, um, 
Craig Mazin did telling about the BTS for Chernobyl. It's oh, very good. amazing. Podcast, I think you yeah. told me about it after I'd wa- we had watched Chernobyl and I was like, oh, I'll go listen to it. Fantastic podcast. Yeah. And then obviously uh, that's Ball Folks, uh, uh, the bad broadcast. Um, I just had a friend tell me that she has one as well. So I'm just going to I'm going to plug it on the pod right now. I have not listened to it, but um, maybe it's good. And if it's not good, it will eventually be good because that's how we've seen it. You know what I mean? Um, it's called This, That, and Chit Chat. So Emily oh, Gates, go support. I like that. I like that title. I do too. Yeah. So those are some. Those are some that we like. Now, up and coming directors. This Ooh, is a lot anyway. of stuff. Yeah, this is this this is a lofty question. Um, Steven Spielberg? I'm oh, just kidding. <laughs> Okay, I want to throw one out. She's made two movies that I've really loved. They're very weird. Uh, Julia Ducourneau, who's from France. She made Raw, which is about a vegetarian girl that goes to school and slowly becomes a cannibal. And then Titan, which is about a girl who um, uh, goes kind of crazy and uh, becomes like is wanted for murder. So she disguises herself as a boy and... um, basically pretends to be the lost son of this uh, firefighter captain in the out just outside of Paris. And it's a very interesting watch. Um, both good watches. And I'm very excited to see what she does next. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to give one. I know she's, she's done two good movies that I've really liked and I'm excited for her upcoming projects. That's Greta Gerwig. Oh, how can you not? I think Lady Bird was a lot of fun and little women was like the surprise of 2019 for me. Um, so I'm really excited for Barbie and what that's going to be like. Uh, yeah, but yeah I've, I've liked two of her. She's done three movies. She's directed three nights and weekends back in 2008. Haven't seen that one. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm, I, I'm really excited for what her up and coming projects are. Yeah. Barbie next week, next year is going to be insane. It's also so like a lot of these directors that I'm really looking forward to, like the majority of them are also coming from horror. So you've got Ari Aster, you've got Robert Eggers, you've got uh, Jordan Peele now, who's, I guess, kind of up and coming. But Jennifer Kent is one that I really enjoy as well. She did The Babadook and then she also did a movie called The Nightingale. Um, I've only seen The Babadook. I'm kind of nervous to start The Nightingale, but it's supposed to be very good, very heavy as well. Uh, so Jennifer Kent, I'm excited to see more stuff that she does as well. And finally watch the Nightingale. Okay, nice. Yeah. Um, it looks like, um, let me pull up, let me pull up. The director for 2018 as well. Director for Sean Chi, Destin Daniel Cretton. Uh-huh. He's supposed to direct Kang Dynasty. I thought Sean Chi had amazing action sequences. And I thought the director, uh, Destin, did amazing with that. I want to see what else he's directed. Yeah. Uh, he, he directed uh, Just Mercy, it looks like. Yes, he did. Just yeah. Mercy is one of those that has aged very weirdly for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of boring. Slow burn. It's, it's yeah. boring. It's, it's pretty burn. boring. Let's just call it like it is. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah. so I'm ex- I'm excited for him and what he has up and coming. Um, another director, as you mentioned, is Jordan Peele. I really I really liked Get Out and Nope recently. Mm-hmm. I think he's just got a fun way of telling movies. Yeah. So, and of course, our friend Chris Duckman. Very excited for him and Shelby Oaks. 
Um, and then uh, so tonight, which is Saturday, we're going to um, the final night of like our 48 hour film festival thing. So my buddy Jack, he directed our short and it was very good. And I really liked it. And um, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if we're in the running for anything or nothing, but we're going to go and we're going to enjoy the awards part. And uh, cool to be a producer on that. Very fun. And then I think one of mine that I got to mention is Cooper Rafe. Both of his movies that I've watched this year, oh. like AA plus movies. And yep. uh, I think he just announced that his new movie, he's going to be directing a new movie. And I forgot who's starring in it. Um, they just announced something. I don't remember who it is. I don't remember. But he just tapped like a couple other people to star in his next film. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that's it. I like that. Okay. I have one more, but this is more towards television. Uh, okay. That's Ben Stiller with Severance. Severance so far this year might have been like the best overall thing that I've watched. Yeah. Well, that's hard to say. I've, I've also seen Attack on Titan and I'm almost done with Death Note. My number one this year is Attack on Titan. Severance is number two, though. But man, Severance was such a good watch. So I really like what Ben Stiller is doing with his television television series. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for him. I didn't, dude, he directed Tropic Thunder, man. And Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty good. I mean, yeah. Secret Life of Walter Mitty is actually a fun little watch. It's a great watch and it looks great. Like his, he has a good, he has a good visual style for his stuff and it can vary. So I, I like that. Um, Cooper Rafe's next yes. project is going to be called Trashers about a mob connected father played by David Harbour. So David Harbour is going to be in Cooper Rafe's. Next oh, project. cool. Yep. And he buys a minor league ice hockey team for his teenage son, which is kind of stop. Yeah. Uh, I like fun. that. I need to, I need to watch shit house. I need to get that. I need to do that. Yes, you do. You do. Um, Anybody else? Now I want to ask you: Do you have more people? No, that's that's kind of it. Just a few that I wanted to throw out. Who is the goat director? Like when you say like who's the goat of directing? Who is it to you? No, it's Martin Scorsese. Martin Scorsese. He's really epitome of American filmmaking. I'm gonna go Spielberg because I think just he's got a lot of good hits, and I just gonna lead towards Spielberg. But I think. Yeah, I think you got to go Scorsese. I think those are like top three. It's, it's easily Spielberg. those two. And then who else would be in that third category? Uh, you can maybe say, gosh. I mean, at this point, it, it's maybe Christopher Nolan. I know he hasn't been doing it for very long, but like, or Tarantino, probably Tarantino. Yeah, it's Tarantino, I'd say. They have a lot of hits, those, those, one of those two. But Tarantino has that originality factor that I think really helps him. And he's like, he really ushered in that like 90s new wave. So I think it's Tarantino. It's, it's got to be those three. Yeah. Yeah. I have a hard time to stream with you on that one. Maybe James Cameron, but he just, I don't know. James Cameron's a really good one too. I would say for sure, Scorsese and Spielberg are like, top two and that's like american filmmakers like if we're gonna go otherwise it's like you know uh hitchcock kurosawa stanley kubrick that's true yeah there's a bunch of other people but i think if you're looking at like the american film landscape it's got to be scorsese spielberg tarantino maybe francis ford coppola just because of the doc the the um the godfather trilogy and apocalypse now he's got some good ones too 
Um, yeah. So there's a handful that I think you can kind of bunch into that A plus group. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Man, we just, we love some good director. We love some good up and coming. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of lists of stuff that like for people, you know, that are curious on maybe new directors or new filmmakers to check out, uh, go check out those ones that we mentioned. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. To wrap it up, best burger joints because Whataburger had a couple of good sequences in yes. uh, Vengeance. I've never been to Whataburger, but I honestly searched up Whataburger. Uh, the closest one is in Colorado. It's by Denver. Bummer. Not oh, it there. is. I didn't even know there was one in Denver. Uh, but my favorite burger joints, just off the top of my head, no particular order, um, is the One American Fork off 500 East, Burgers and Barley. I've only been mm-hmm. once, but I was floored. I thought that was delicious. Yeah. I love Five Guys. I think Five Guys is amazing. Oh. I had like an argument the other day when somebody was like, in and out is better than better is better than five guys. I'm like, what planet do you live on? No. Insane. Okay. In and out is great for being pretty inexpensive, um, having a quick bite. But if I want a burger, I'm going to five guys. Those patties are a lot thicker and they taste better. So I couldn't, I couldn't believe that. I had to like try to convince. Uh, I like Apollo Burger and Crown Burger. They're kind of like the same cloth, but I still think they're phenomenal. That sounds like a thing that someone who would also say, oh, the office is overrated. It's like, stop it. No, no, that's that's not that. That is that is a an edgelord opinion. It's not real. Okay, five guys is better than In-N-Out. Their burgers are at least. It's better than In-N-Out. And I love In-N-Out. Like, don't get me wrong. I love In-N-Out. But five guys, it's just way more expensive. It's and it's better. Like it's worth it. Worth your yeah. time to go eat there. So those are my uh, top burger joints. Shake Shack, dude. I need to go to Shake Shack again because I did oh. not have a good experience. Shake Shack might have the best burger as well, even better than Five Guys. That's one I will entertain. Wow. But and you know I've talked about it. It's like for me the difference between Cheesecake Factory and like in like a really fancy restaurant is not that big of a difference, but from like cheesecake factory to McDonald's, like, like my, my taste palette is not super refined. So I'm not like a gourmet burger one. There is a place though in Denver where I had a glazed donut burger. That was delicious. Oh, very good. Very weird, but very good. And then, um, what was it? There was a place Oh, the counter in San Jose. I don't know if it's there anymore. I went there with my best friend, Walter Frank, like 10 years ago, and I loved it. They gave you like a notepad and you check off all the things that you want on your on your burger and then you give it to your waiter and they like bring you the burger. So that was really good. Um, Yeah, I, I, I really like just kind of like a good fast food burger. Culver's has good burgers. Um, Shake Shack, like we said, five guys. Um, places like that. It's kind of a thing to I want. Haven't tried. I haven't, I haven't tried a Culver's Burgers. Now, I will say the best burger I've had in my life was at the Foundry Grill in Sundance. The, oh, the, the Wagyu Burger or the Wagyu? Yeah, uh-huh. pronounce it. Holy moly, that was amazing. Like I still talk about that. I and I I have to say, Water Burger makes delicious hamburgers. Big burgers for a good price. Oh, we love it. Yeah, it's very good. I think if you go to Whataburger and then you got to get the Dr. Pepper shake and you got to try the honey chicken biscuit and they have big sauces and you can just ask for them and they're free as many as you want. It's so good. They've got this jalapeno ranch. That's delicious. 
Can't and they've got it. spicy ketchup. It's a Whataburger thing. It's spicy ketchup. Very good. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, whenever we're in Arkansas or we're whenever we're by Whataburger, we're going down. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, that's take 194. Anything else? I don't think so. Okay. Well, are you, are you out next week? I'm out next week. Yes. So I will be back in two weeks. We're going to Jackson Hole. Should be a good time. We, I will um, be talking with uh, Elias Gold from, I don't know if that's his last name. That's what it is on all the social media. So I'm just assuming it is. And I worked with him. So that's embarrassing. I don't know what his last name is. But uh, we are probably going to review Prey. He's from Native Media Theory. And he got to, um, yeah, he got a good experience with Prey. So uh, I'll awesome. be excited to see what his thoughts are. That's amazing. Yep. Uh, call to action, guys. Go, go treat yourself to a burger. Yes. Do it. <laughs> Even if it's a quarter pounder at McDonald's, yeah. go get a nice burger. Go get a nice burger. Um, well, that's that's take 194. I will see you guys in two weeks and excited to hear what Elias has to say. It's awesome. Can't wait. Love it. All right, everybody. Enjoy the week and stay sweet. A sweet. sweet.